Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zook. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business, in your passion, all the things. So before I bring on my amazing, inspiring guest that I can't wait to share more about with, with you is I like to start with a marketing tip of the day and then, of course, a self-care tip of the day. So marketing tip of the day is going to be all about, I think it's really important to simplify your offers and don't offer all the time. I feel like every time I come across a new consultation or people that I'm networking with, they're always like, I don't know how to simplify or like get people to buy what I'm offering. And the problem is if you're throwing a lot of content up and there's no strategy behind it, people don't buy. A confused buyer doesn't buy. So it's really, really important to make sure that that's clear to the person that you are trying to translate to purchase from you. So simplify how much you're showing up, put more engagement out there, and I promise you will really get back um, a return. So that's my marketing tip of the day. Um, My self-care tip of the day is I have been loving YouTube video workouts. Um, They're like 20, 25 minutes. And all you do is literally type in like, Pilates 20 minute workout or, and you know, I'm all about supporting small businesses and also people that are trying to get their brand out. So if you are a business owner in the fitness industry and you are listening to this podcast, get your videos on YouTube because once they hit a certain amount of viewership, the more you can monetize at that point. And also YouTube is the second biggest search engine if you did not know. So fun facts of the day. Now I'm really excited to share my amazing guests with you. Drum roll, please, for the amazing Vanessa Farino. She is an award-winning Latina entrepreneur. She also has an amazing company called Creative Women. She is running an amazing The Power of Women Awards, January 30th. Um, So if you are listening to this podcast, definitely, definitely check it out. And she is just so inspiring to so many women. And it's just her story. Once you listen, you'll understand and be like, wow, like, how she does it all is not only beyond amazing, but she doesn't let failure or things that she's been through define her. And she uses it as a power tool to keep pushing forward. So I'm really excited for you all um, to meet her and stay tuned for the amazing Vanessa Farina. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene. I am so excited to be live with the amazing Vanessa Farino, who is an award-winning Latina entrepreneur and the founder of Creative Women. Hi, Vanessa. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course. So excited to have you. And I'm so excited for my audience who doesn't know you to get to know you. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. It's so fascinating. And also you have multiple businesses. So we will dive into that too. So share. Yeah. So I pretty much, wow, pretty much started my career when I was like 15 years old. Um, During high school, I took every business and computer class and um, accounting class for many, many years. Um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. As many of us were asked, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I personally don't think we should be asked that question. Um, We can be many things as we grow. We have many gifts. 
but long story short, um, I learned a lot about business. My mom and I co-founded um, a clothing boutique and we were open for four years. It was amazing. And when the recession hit, we had to close doors. Um, we ended on a good note and we said, you know, one day we'll have another business together or one day we'll open up this boutique again. Um, fast forward, I was thinking to myself, well, what's next for me? So I applied to many positions. And from there, I was hired as a financial assistant uh, to the chief operating officer and managing partner of a huge company, I think nationwide, aside from maybe international as well, which was um, Northwestern Mutual. And I pretty much started working in corporate, like right out of high school. And I remember when I was in the interview um, and they offered me the job, I was like, with all due respect, why me? <laughs> I don't have a degree. <laughs> why me? And uh, the executive said, you know, you, well, first of all, you took an accounting test, which you aced. Uh, no other candidate has been able to do that with a college degree. Uh, and number two, I see someone who's really ambitious and hungry to learn. I was also once in your chair, once upon a time, and I'm going to pay it forward. He's like, and here I am. And that to me was the beginning of learning how to pay it forward, which is a really, really big foundation in my life um, and absolutely everything that I do. Fast forward, I was there for many years. Um, I was promoted. And then I started working in the, um, the administration um, industry, you know, being a, became an executive assistant, supporting only CEOs and mainly startup tech companies in Boston. And it was definitely my passion. I love new businesses. I love when things are messy and when they, people, people's like, what do we do? Like, there's so much to do. I'm like, don't worry about it. I got it. Um, I love making people successful. That's really what drives me. That's what I have adrenaline for. It's why I wake up every single day. And it, it just happened to, to lead into a beautiful career of being, you know, an executive assistant supporting CEOs. And I think through that journey, you know, you want more, uh, you want to understand what is out there. You want to feel valued. You want to get recognized, uh, just like anybody, right? Um, it just so happens that in this industry, there isn't much appreciation until things go wrong. And most of the time, things don't ever go wrong because we're really on top of our jobs and staying five, 10 steps ahead. So long story short, I wanted career development and I did lots of researching and trying to understand where I could find that. I would go to networking events. I would try meetup.com. And we're talking about back like in 2011 when LinkedIn wasn't even like almost a thing. You know, Facebook was not even a thing for networking or collaborations. You know, we forget that social media just came about like just a few years ago and it's transformed the world so much but we kind of almost forget what it was like back in the day to connect with people. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, um, I didn't find anything out there. I, I found one organization nationwide that said, pay your $200, sign up to our webinar. Thanks for being a member. And I wanted the human touch. And I thought, no, there has to be more people out there. I remember I was working um, in the Federal Reserve building. We were a tenant there for one of the companies I was working for. And I remember just looking out the window and seeing all these buildings in financial district. And I thought, there are other executive assistants out there. Should I just go floor by floor and say, knock, knock, excuse me, may I see your executive assistant? And one of my friends, uh, she thought I was really serious about it. And she was like, you're going to get arrested. Like, you cannot do that. 
I was like, but they're right there. I see all these buildings and they're there. They're right there. They're my neighbors and they're my peers. And I'm like, I know that they, they have to want this too. Why is it that we spend so much money on sales teams and all these other teams? Like we're also a part of contributing and client facing investors, board members, you know, culture, people, everything, you know, related to companies. So long story short, reached out to a friend of mine and I said, okay, I'm going to do this coffee meetup between executive assistants. Are you in? And she was like, okay. And between the other executive assistants that I knew from coordinating things externally, I just reached out to like four or five of them. And I said, I'm sorry if this seems unprofessional, but we're getting together. There's five of us if you'd like to join us. Well, guess what? They all showed up. And it wasn't a business idea. It was not that concept whatsoever um, because I I remember seeing... um, other companies try to come in, vendors and take advantage. And my, my number one thing was just wanting to get literally like-minded people together. We were all doing the same thing. And I think one of the main things that really keeps driving me and pushing me to doing what is known as Creative Admin today, a global organization supporting administrative professionals, which was once known as Boston Executive Assistance, is that within our community, we forget that although we work for different companies, it's not a competition. And even though then today being 2021, there's still a lot of that. You know, we are our worst enemies within ourselves and our community. Uh, there's, there is no competition. And to me, that's my number one thing when I wake up every day. I've encountered that bullying from an administrative professionals um, within companies to even having to leave jobs because it had affected my mental health. And I think it's important to raise that awareness because nobody talks about it. Literally, nobody talks about it, but everybody knows. If you're if you're in the industry and you talk to someone, you're like, have you ever been bullied? And they're like, there's so much fear and you can immediately see it within their face. But anyways, fast forward, we have done, we've grown over 2,000 members globally. You know, I had to rebrand three That's times. Awesome. <laughs> We've had to rebrand three times because, you know, we were known as Boston executive assistants and then the office coordinators, admin, you know, office people. And they're like, can we be part of it? We're not executive assistants. So, and then it was, we're not just in Boston. We're not just in New England, but we're in California, but we're in Australia, but we're in South America. And to me, I'm like, but that should not be an excuse. Everybody's welcome. So yeah, I've had to learn how to rebrand an idea that was so small between a coffee meetup to a global organization. Um, And then being able to collaborate with extremely, you know, wonderful thought leaders out there and our our board members that we have part of the group. And because of that, I'm grateful. It was all word of mouth where these administrative professionals would go back to work the next day after attending a workshop or forum or annual event. We've done over 45 events in like the past couple of years. We've also done an award ceremony and they w- uh, we would have other women who were not administrative professionals. They were in sales or engineering or scientists or marketing or finance. And they're like, we'd love to come to your events, but we're not administrative professionals. So that's where the you know creative woman came about. And um, before I used to say, I'm so sorry, I'm not sure what to tell you. Here are some other organizations that I might recommend. And my brother was like, if you've done it for administrative professionals and you've literally like, you know, fell down so many times and try to rebuild because the demand is so high, you've been through all the ups and downs. Why can't you do it for working woman? He's like, you are a corporate working woman too. He's like, just put yourself in those shoes. 
So that's where the inspiration of Creative Woman came about. And uh, I thought to myself, okay, so I'm really, really focused on my career. Probably it's not something too common that's out there. And then little do you know, I meet people like you and it is common. (laughs) People who are so passionate about their careers. I'm like, but I want to be able to talk to the, you know, these women who are my peers and I want to be able to talk to them about other things. I want not to just talk about our career. I want to talk about things that happen at home. You know, do you have like, are you caring for someone who's an elderly? You know what I mean? Are you a caregiver? I'm a caregiver and I have nobody to talk to about that. You know, do you have issues with your health? I have issues with my health. Can we, can we talk about that? You know, what type of lifestyle do you have? How do you find work-life balance? And, you know, as the woman, we talk a lot about different topics and I wanted it to be a safe place to talk about career, health, home, and lifestyle. Pretty much what Creative Woman is today. It's the resume you have built is just <sighs> impressive. Like, I'm like, Vanessa, there's still more. Like, I know there's I know, more. there's so much more. <laughs> it's so, but like, seriously, like, you should be so proud of yourself. Like, it's so impressive. It really is. And like, to everybody that's listening and doesn't know Vanessa, like, it's time to follow. We'll talk about social media afterwards, but definitely follow her. Um, so I want to deep dive more into, of course, your current most exciting venture that's coming up very soon, which is, um, your award ceremony for all these amazing women, the power of women, right? So tell us more about this and how can people get involved? How can they nominate people? And also like you and I were chatting about this yesterday, but about like how women feel insecure to even nominate themselves, right? Like I want to talk about that for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I came up, uh, the event is called The Power of Women. And um, we also had a annual event last year um, that was also called The Power of Woman. And I was creating the event this year. Um, It actually was in my mind to do it last year. Hence, you know, things happen in the global pandemic, no big deal. Um, But I thought this has to happen. And if it has to be virtual, so be it. We will touch more lives. It was really important to me because I... Uh, won two different awards a couple years ago, one by Boston Business Journal, 40 Under 40, and um, Latino 30 Under 30. And I remember when being on stage and about to receive my reward, and I promised myself, and I said, Vanessa, do you remember this feeling? Remember this feeling for the rest of your life. You need to go back to the community and make sure that others feel this as well. So it was really important for me. Yeah, it was really important. I have like chills over it. It's awesome. Love it. I I remembered that feeling and it's important for me, right? It's all about giving back and paying it forward. And how do we remind people about recognition? And and it's important to be able to say, you know what? This week, I actually did something extremely out of my comfort zone and I'm going to give myself credit for that. We don't do it. We talk about it so much about not giving ourselves credit. So I'm like, I'm I'm done talking about it. I'm going to do something about it. So the Power of Women Awards is happening. Um, It's happening on um, January 30th. June now, right? Don't we want it to be summer right now? It's so badly. It's happening on January 30th. And it it is really to empower women who have pivoted in their careers in 2020 or their businesses. And I think people really forget, I think particularly in the American culture, we don't celebrate awards enough, unlike other places in the world. And there are so many reasons why it's so important to do so, especially with annual reviews coming up if you're a corporate uh, woman or um, to attain more clients. There's just so many different ways to be able to market yourself when you have you know, a third party that does recognize you. And um, I don't want to say stamp of approval, but really you know, highlights your achievements. And um, I think a lot of people, once they are able to say, 
I'm going to nominate myself or I'm going to ask someone to nominate me. You know, just going through that process is really, really beautiful, whether, you know, at the end of the day, you are one of the top honorees or not. Um, But being part of the nomination process is something that people should be really, really, really uh, proud of. And I think too, I mean, what we chatted about, I just want to touch upon for our audience, but like, it's just so important to bring acknowledgement to each other, especially women, right? Because we're so hard on ourselves. And like, I think it's so amazing what you're doing because who's doing that around here? Like really though, especially in the entrepreneurial creative space, like I don't know of anybody doing that. You know what I mean? Do you, is that kind of why you were like, I'm doing this? Yes, a hundred percent. So I did research when I was nominated for these two awards. I remember I saw them and I'm like, you know what? I know I'm not going to get these awards, but I'm dreaming big because I want to be able to work hard to get these awards one day. And I got them. I love it. And I remember when I was emailing people, I was shaking because I was so embarrassed for whatever reason to ask to be nominated. But I would think to myself, you know, I love working with men and they've been a really great mentors in my life. So I put myself in my sh- in their shoes as I've seen them nominated in the past. They don't even have to ask. Next thing you know, it's like you're going to this event and you've won. And they're like, great. That's great. awesome. Thank you. You know, it's like I have to be able to get, step into that. And it's like teaching people, how do we step into that? You're so worth it. And doing research, you know, unless, you know, you're Forbes, you know, 30 under 30 or one of these like really high, high, high level awards, then If you're an average Joe or Jane, you're not going to get recognition. And that's what we're here for. We're here to change that. Totally. And also too, in those realms, it's all about like who, you know, right. I mean, exactly. I, I mean, it really is though, like I is. in media, like I've seen it, you know what I mean? So it's like, if you don't have those connections or money to pay for those exactly. things, that's, that's what happens. Right. So that's really what you're doing is so awesome because it's just like, let the people vote right? Like put yourself out there, let the people vote. I mean, look at like America's Got Talent. Exactly. Literally like it's all the people. I mean, who knows if there's anything that happens, but like realistically, we hope not, but usually it's people that vote. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's a really great process to change the culture in the way society views um, competition. You know, Uh, there is no such thing. I, one of my favorite quotes is, um, and if you have confidence, there's no competition. No competition. That's the that. quote. I like it. I, really I like totally it. believe it. Everybody has their own DNA. It's like, you know, I'm not going to be fighting for what you have. Right. right. It's so true, though. We it's all weird. It is weird. But I think, too, especially like us being women-owned businesses, when you're first growing your business, it's intimidating as hell. Let's be honest. Oh, like, there, like, how could you not initially have that feeling? Mm-hmm. But then once you have experience under, you're like, there's plenty for everybody, you know? So that just being open and acknowledging that is like a powerful thing to do. Yes. Agreed. And my main thing is pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, pay it forward because everybody knows how hard it is to start. So Don't true. ever forget your roots. Don't ever forget where you came from. You know, um, just like myself, I, I had my opportunity in corporate. I could have totally not got that job, you know, back in the day, I wouldn't be here where I am today, you know, pay it forward. And I will do that every single day for the rest of my life. I love it. Can you talk about like one of your favorite experiences paying forward that you remember? I know you do it a lot. Yes. It's one that sticks out to you. Oh my, I might cry. Oh, it's that's so okay. Beautiful. It's so beautiful. 
So I was in Bolivia and it was, um, I am from Bolivia, which is in South America. Some people think it's in Africa. That's okay. It's in the heart of South America where my family is from. And we are a third world country and we were traveling with my uncle. I took my husband for the first time. He'd never been. And we were traveling from one of the States to, um, eight hours to the salt flats. Do yourself a favor, go on Google and search salt flats, Bolivia. I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. It's absolutely gorgeous. I'm writing it down after. Yeah, and you can actually use it for a wallpaper on your phone or your uh, desktop. It's it's it just trust me. It is supposed. It's considered like one of like the the top. I think twenty five places in the world. You're you're you'll see it. It's absolutely gorgeous. And as we're traveling these eight hours, I'm sitting in the back seat, and all these things happen. But um, we're you're going through the tolls, and they're not like here in the United States. They're actually like these little huts, right? And there's the police and whatnot. And you have children who run up to the cars, you know, to sell you whatever it is from these villages. They don't have houses like us. Their houses are made of like dirt. You know what I mean? Like back in the day. And I'll actually have to share this picture with you, Jackie, because I have this picture to show the moment I'm sitting in the back seat, and I'm, I'm just like, so grateful of like, just life and just being there, like back on like mother country and um, there is these like four little kids that come up to me and I roll down my window and they want to sell me like these sort of like jello shots, obviously no alcohol in them. And I really wanted to eat them so bad, but because the water is different over there and here, you know, I could have gotten really sick. So I took out $20, which is times seven over there. And I just gave it to them. And they almost had a heart attack because they probably make I don't know, a hundred dollars a month. So to them, that's so much, you know? And I said, I'll um, make you a deal. I'll buy you guys jello shots and you guys can enjoy these with your friends. And these little girls and boys were like, they could not believe it. Like they couldn't even read, like just their faces. They were like, what? I'm like, I'm going to pay for you guys to enjoy what you guys made. I said, as long as I can take a picture. Oh my God. So stood there and, and they took a picture and it was just the most beautiful thing. Um, paying it forward. It was amazing. I'm like getting like chills. And like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. It was really nice. Thank you for sharing that. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. I'll share the picture with you. Um, please do. Yeah. Text me. Um, okay. So before we get into like fun facts about Vanessa, how can people um, sign up for the Power Woman Awards, attend, all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So nominations are open until Friday, uh, next Friday, January 22nd, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, they can go to creativehumanofficial.com. And when they go there, they will see on the tab, Creative Woman, and they will have all the details there. Or they can find us on social media, which is uh, instagram.com forward slash creative woman underscore. Love it. And then also too, you have creative human, you have the other, but we're promoting the awards. So we won't push the other ones. That's fine. <laughs> yes, it is so many things. It's so fun. It's so fun. You're really doing all the stuff. Thank you so much. Okay. So yes, everybody go to creative woman underscore on Instagram and you have it on Facebook too, right? Yep. We have it on Facebook. Okay, it's creative cool. woman official. Awesome. Yes. Everybody needs to do that and sign up and join us on the 30th. Cause I am so excited that I am guest speaking. So thank yes. you. It'll be really fun. Going to um, be amazing. Do you want to share the offer with my audience of how to get discounted tickets? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, so for the entire year, we are offering Jackie's audience for Next on Scene uh, $10 off all um $10 off for all tickets for the rest of this year. We're also offering $10 off for our Creative Human collection. And uh, you can just use the code next on scene at checkout. Awesome. So it's that's valid until event. December 31st. Love it. So events, anything you guys are doing. Anything so, we're doing. So thank you. That's so generous. So everybody needs to do that. And I know yeah. a handful of my people, I mean, I know some came last year and they had a blast. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. We had right under a hundred people last year. So that was really exciting um, awesome. to do. So I'm excited Girl to power. do that. Girl yeah, yeah. I love to how much you and your mom are so close. It's like so inspiring and like hmm. love watching it. It's awesome. She must be really proud of you too. So. She's my right, right wing woman. I Every time it. I have to do business travel, I'm like, are you ready? And she's like, what time are you leaving? I'm like, tomorrow, get ready. We're going. Um, so it's really, really great to have someone by my side, always looking out for me, but also my partner in crime. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. It's the cutest thing ever. I love watching all your ventures. So I want to play game time. So there's okay. no, like, there's no rush with like how fast you have to answer. It's just really fun for us. Okay. So what is Vanessa's favorite food? Oh, Italian. Okay. So what kind of meal from Italian? Like I absolutely love pasta and pasta does not love me, but no, I just get sick from it. I get sick from it. I think, I don't know if it's the, I just, I probably just overdo it. <laughs> My body's like, like who wants to eat so much pasta? Like a crazy person. Like I do. I love the sauces. I think <laughs> like I was definitely like another, like I was Italian in another life for sure. I absolutely love it. It's just my favorite. And I am also obsessed with pizza. I love pizza too. So what is simple, but it's just, okay. So what is Vanessa's when your stomach, well, your stomach is bothering you when it happens, but what is the go-to pasta meal? And what is the go-to pizza meal? Like what's on it? So I'm a really basic person. (laughs) I don't see that at all. (laughs) I love my, my just regular cheese pizza with extra cheese. Simple. I like that. I agree with pizza. The simplicity of that is the way to go. If I want to get a little fancy, I'll do chicken and bacon on my pizza. It's really good. It's different, but it's really, really good. And then I don't know if you've ever tried Brazilian pizzas. They're really good. That's super extra fancy. They go a little <laughs> wild on the toppings, but it, they're really, really good. They're super good. Never even like heard of it, I don't think. I'm so fascinated now. Yeah. And then they also have really good Brazilian burgers. That's another topic. Another <laughs> That sounds they go a little crazy, crazy on their toppings too, but they're really, really, really good. Uh, my go-to pasta, hmm, lately it's been like shrimp scampi, my favorite place. The to classic, go. the classic, is it the white wine sauce or like, yeah. so good. But it has to be from Tuscan Kitchen. Oh my God. I've not liked it anywhere else. And I have one like 10 minutes from my house. It's in Salem, New Hampshire. That's pretty convenient. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> when your stomach's having an okay day, you're like, okay. I'll let that's you. actually the only place I don't get sick. I think maybe because, no of maybe they're because the noodles are homemade, but yeah. That's, that's, that's so that's interesting. Good. Super yummy. Yeah. Love. Like Tuscan Kitchen, tell Vanessa your recipe. So like, yeah. All or I'll just go eat there every day. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Totally fine. I love their bread too. Their bread is bomb. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. Next question. If you could wear one outfit for the rest of your life from head to toe, what would it entail and why? (laughs) 
This is going to sound nuts, but I'm hopeful that I can also pick the location of where I'm wearing this and it would be my bathing suit. I love it. So where would be the location? (laughs) Uh, I would be in Puerto Rico. Good choice. Great choice. Oh my God, I love that. I just absolutely, it's just one of those things that's just like, it doesn't matter. I'm just wearing like, I love wearing one piece bathing suits and just putting my, you know, like a cover up on. And I, th- that's just really my vacation like it's like, it. in, a, in a bathing suit with my cover cover piece on, like just having fun and really living, living, living. And that's so important to me. That's why I go to Puerto Rico so much because it's so easy to get to the culture is amazing. It's super safe. Um, here, I'm here. Am I promoting Puerto Rico, but love it. <laughs> And it's funny because we go there a couple times a year and we act like locals and we've actually kept a tradition. We've been going for like 10 years now. That's amazing. Yeah. So we love supporting the locals there and we have a plan one day to have our own business there. Goals. It's going to happen. You are a good manifester, like solid manifester. So that's definitely going to (laughs) happen. I love that. Okay. So um, where, so obviously I think we know your favorite place you've ever traveled, but where is a bucket list place you've never been that you want to go to? Greece. Ooh, that's a and great Spain. Spain would be number one, mm-hmm. but I'd probably never come back. That's probably why I haven't never gone yet. I'm just, it's just one of those places. I'm so, I'm like, I just know I'm going to love it. And then I'm just going to be like, I'm just changing my driver's license and I'm staying <laughs> and just like mail me all my things. Um, also Greece. Mm-hmm. Great. So is there a specific place in Spain? No. Just want to go? Yeah. Yeah. Spain's awesome. The only place I've been is Barcelona, but it's like bomb. I've, I've just heard it's so amazing. I also hear that there is, um, there's another language called Catalan, which is like, um, I don't want to say it's a, spur- a, a version of Spanish because you can't really understand it. Let's just say it's, you know, how like there's Latin and then Latin comes from like different languages. It's, like, it's kind of like that. Um, and I hear it's a very, very beautiful, beautiful, um, place where they speak Catalan. What a fun fact of the day. You always learn new things every day. Yes. And my favorite singer is, um, Rosalia. I don't know if you ever heard her. She's now in the billboard awards and she's crossed over. So she's speaking in making music in English as well. I'll have to send you some links. You guys have to check her out. Rosalia. Okay, cool. That's so exciting. Awesome. Okay. Great answers. Okay. Final question. Mm -hmm. You could spend a day with somebody dead or alive. You've never met. Who would you choose and why? I know it could be, it could be more than one person. Sometimes people pick more than one person. That's a really good question. You know, that's interesting because I've always asked that question as a fun fact and I've never like really thought about it. (laughs) I think, I think if I could not that I, I think maybe like looking back, if I could really just have dinner with like my ancestors. I think it's like one of the coolest things to do, right? Like we hear about them, but then after like a few generations, you know, nothing about anybody else. And then it's just like, you're here. You know, I think it'd be really cool if I could have like a dinner with all my previous ancestors, like three generations back for like, I don't know, like as far as we could go back. That's like one <laughs> like of the coolest answers I've heard. That's definitely one of the coolest answers I've heard for sure. But also, like, what was their culture like? Right? Yes. Like, that's what I. That's where I agree. Like, that's so fascinating. Absolutely. Um, I think it's just all to me. I'm just so fascinated with learning my roots and who and why, what opportunities I have today, what they didn't have back in the day. So to me, that would be something really, really, really cool to do. 
I love it. And wait, we didn't talk about any of your fun facts. So we're going to do that really quickly. Okay. Because these are That's really, really good. fun. So I didn't know about that you went to military school as yeah. an adolescent. So tell us about this experience. So my parents got divorced, which I think was the best thing that my parents could do. So thank you, parents, for getting divorced, <laughs> for being solid people to go your separate ways. Thank you. Um, but I, we moved back to Bolivia with my mom and I was literally an adolescent. And when she remarried, um, my stepfather was in the Navy and he was like a very high command person. So guess who had to go to military school? Me. And it was one of those things that I remember crying every single day. Um, I would get bullied and I mean, I got bullied here too, but it was just, it was just awful. It was just hard, you know, go, going from like United States to a third world country um, and just try, I was already an introvert as a child. Like it was, it was really bad. Like you couldn't even like look at me. I would have like a panic attack. It's funny because now you see me now and I'm like, no big deal all the time. And um, it set you yeah. up for success though. That like <laughs> set you up, right? I mean, it's, it was unfortunate at the time, but I think yeah, but um. I remember I would get in trouble because when we used to go to English class, the teacher would try to teach us English and I would say, excuse me, with all due respect, that's not how you say it. And I would get punished and they'd have to call my mom. But um, it was really uh, looking back now. I'm like, that was the best thing that my mom could have ever done for me. Um, It really taught me so much about discipline and structure. And people ask me today, you're doing so many different things. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm doing it pretty freaking well. And I'm proud of that. And you can too. You know, that's, I that's love that. Love that. Love it. That was awesome. There's no excuse. You know what I mean? I had all chances not to work for me and I'm here today. So I'm solid proof that you can freaking do it. And I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader and watch you do it. So, um, yeah, military school helped me a lot. I was only there for about under a year. Um, but it was just one of these things that as you learn a kid, discipline and structure, you really take it your whole life. So I'm grateful. Just out of curiosity, like what was the regimen? Like, are they, obviously they're strict, but like, what does that entail exactly? Yeah. So, um, interestingly, it wasn't like you went to school, um, nine to what, what, nine to three, um, Mm -hmm. over there, the older kids would go in the morning and then the younger kids would go in the afternoon, evening times. Wow. Yeah. So it was different. And then everybody went home for lunchtime. Like everybody goes home for lunchtime and then you go back. So like you start school at like, say like 1030 and then you go home from like 1230 to 130 and then you go back to school and you're there till like 637. Um, and then you have to, you know, it's, it's a lot of like, it, it's definitely not like a boot camp where you go and you, you know, if you think military school here, um, but you, they definitely prepare you as you get older because everybody has to do it over there um, by the time they're 16. It's like the law. But you you definitely have to, it's just much more stricter. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Um, you have to march outside of the school, you know, say the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. There, Yeah, there's a lot of structure. You can't speak unless you're spoken to type of thing. Um, they don't hit you or any of those type of things that might come to mind to some people. But there's a lot of homework. And I remember for, this might be weird, but... Um, I remember for the year that I was there, which was first grade, I was set for all of my education when I came back to the United States until I was in sixth grade. You're kidding. Everything that I learned in that one year was everything that I learned in the United States until 
beginning of sixth grade. <laughs> Mind blown. Like yep. that's crazy. Yep. So they're very, very structured in like what you're learning, math, you know, all these different history. And it's not like history commercialized. It's like history on what happened, you know, uh, n- nothing emotionally attached, no politics attached. So it's a, it's a different way of learning. And it was very interesting. I remember, I hope it's okay to say, but I came back here and I would always get in trouble when it was Columbus Day. Why? <laughs> That's hilarious. Of course it's a good stuff. Because when we were over there, right, it's like you're, you are, they teach you the history, right? The fact that there was a gentleman who came over and there was a lot of murders that happened and there was a lot of fear and tragedy. And when we came here, it was like, let's get colored paper and let's make arts and crafts and let's celebrate a holiday. And I respectfully got up and I raised my hand because I genuinely, I was a kid. I didn't know. I didn't understand that you're taught different things in different places. And I said, why are we celebrating someone murdering people? And if you're saying that here at second and third and fourth grade, and I would ask the same question every year, and I was sent for detention until they were like, you know, she's detention. She has, you have to come pick up your daughter, Miss, you know, Vanya every single year. And I was just like, mom, I just don't understand. Like, why are they not telling the kids this person hurt people? Why are we celebrating that? I thought that like bad people do that. I thought we're supposed to love each other and care for each other. I don't understand. And my mom would explain to me, but I'm a rebel inside of me for fighting for people and being kind to one another. And, um, but yeah, that's just my fun fact. So every Chris, uh, every Columbus day that happens, my mom's like, you're not going to get in trouble, right? Like every year until today, she's like, you're not going to get in trouble. They're not going to call me. Right. You're not going to get arrested. Right. And I was like, no mom. <laughs> like, these are like numerous fun facts. And then also you speak three languages. So what else do you speak? Um, so I uh, speak Spanish. Um, but my Spanish is the Spanish is called Castellano, which, um, there's so many different forms of Spanish that people actually don't talk about. Central America speaks a different Spanish. South America has also different Spanishes. Um, but the main one that is spoken in South America is Castellano, which comes from the origin of Spain. A little bit of that. Uh, I also speak Portuguese fluently. Portuguese from Brazil. There's two different Portuguese, apparently. One from Portugal. Was it hard to learn? Like, are they similar, Spanish and Portuguese, or not really? Um, yeah, they're kind of similar, yeah. but kind of not. What when when they don't become similar is because people are from different areas of Brazil have their different dialects, right, or their different accents. So that's when people don't start understanding each other. I actually self taught myself Portuguese. I was so obsessed. Yeah, more facts. I love more this. facts. <laughs> I was so obsessed with newspapers as a young teenager for whatever reason. So it was always like the Boston Globe or some sort of newspaper. And then um, I grew up in Everett, Massachusetts. So there was a big, um, you know, so many Brazilians had come into town and there was like this new community of people that came in. And I'm from South America and South America and Central America are quite different at some times culturally. And I didn't feel like I could resonate with with most people, especially going, living in a third world country, it's like, you really get it. And then you come here. So anyways, long story short, um, when the Brazilian culture, you know, 
came into our community, it was as close as I thought I could get. So I started to read the newspaper and I didn't understand. And then I started making Brazilian friends. And the next thing you know, all my friends were Brazilian and I was listening to Brazilian music and I dated Brazilians and, um, you know, I would understand it. I would hear it because of the, I went from reading the newspaper to listening to music, to lyrics and over and over and over. And I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. And then I, my friend one time thought it would be funny to give my, what is it? The AOL screen name to like all her friends. Everybody's like messaging me in Portuguese So it was one of these things that I just forced myself to it. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. So I started speaking half Spanish, half Portuguese, which is called Portuñol, because Espanol and Portugués, Portuñol, half, half. And um, and then my mom's friend, she was like, um, she's like, just throw, throw your hat in. She's like, just speak it. She's like, if you mess up, no big deal. People will correct you. And I did. And it got to the point where, like, if I speak it, people tell me, like, I don't have an accent of like a non like, you know, like, like, an, like I, I'm like a native and they're like, what part of Brazil are you from? And I've gone into actually some heated fights with people because they're like, you should not be embarrassed of your culture. You know, you should be proud because I'm like, I'm not Brazilian, you know what I mean? but, but, but I'm not Brazilian. I'm like, I am from Bolivia. I'm from South America, you know, full blood, uh, born in the United States, but <laughs> I am Bolivian. Uh, but yeah. And I also learned Italian. I also learned Italian in high school. Um, and then uh, because I learned Italian, now I don't have anybody to practice with. So I can't say that I speak it. Um, but I went to Italy for like about two and a half weeks by myself. So cool. At 15. <laughs> All of these like amazing facts. And then of course, one that's like really inspiring was that you dropped out of college. Yes. And like, you've still created this incredible career. Yes. You know, like, so talk you know, about that experience and like what you encourage people like that are questioning, like if they need to stay, you know, people go through that psychological stuff and thoughts. Absolutely. That's so funny. You mentioned that. Um, cause it's something that I've been talking a little bit about the past few days. Uh, so, you know, I am a hundred percent believer of education. It doesn't matter where you get it. I don't care if you go to college and university, you know, a tech school, if you take a certificate class, if you, you know, just go to the library or buy books, you know, not everybody can afford to go to school, but education does not mean getting a diploma or a certificate. Like even after those people who get diplomas or certificates, you have to continue your education, whether you're going to workshops or forums or seminars, right. Or, you know, getting recertified in your licenses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's just so much more to that. And the whole, the whole idea of creative human, um, I know we weren't supposed to talk about it, but actually comes into play is that, you know, we're asked as kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? I totally believe we're not supposed to ask children that question. The brain doesn't develop until we're 26 and we don't have to take one path. We have multiple gifts as we grow up and as we develop and mature as adults. I I truly believe that for me, it was one of these things where I took four years of business accounting and computer in high school that led me to have that boutique with my mother that led me to have my corporate job and my job pretty much working with CEOs is being in business school for the rest of my life while I decide to do this. And I think it's important to not be um, ashamed of, you know, dropping out of college. I've attended three different colleges. I've taken so many classes and, and it's just one of these things where you learn so much, but I am just someone who 
I believe I'm dyslexic. I promised myself I would take the test by the time I decease. But it's also been really hard for me to like learn things. So I found other ways for me to learn and educate myself because school was not something that was working for me. And I felt extremely frustrated, but I was also extremely, extremely hungry to learn. Um, and then I met my husband and he's an electrician. And I was like, how did you do that? And I remember growing up, if you said you were going to a trade school, that was like, you are the worst of the worst. I remember when you would hear rumors, oh, that person left to a trade school. And I'd say, well, how do I find out more information about that? Because you know me, Curious Vanessa, one the 411 on everything. They would say, oh no, that's for the bad kids. That's only if you've gotten like expelled. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, and, and I, I know my husband now and, you know, he shares his stories about how disciplined and structured, you know, these tech, these tech schools were, it's harder than regular high school, you know, and they have phenomenal careers in the trade and just so many different areas that I think all opportunities should be open to people. And it's not just one, you know, we should not monopolize how people find their education. It's not one way. There's so many multiple ways. I think at this point, because so many people said, you're never going to find a job, you're never going to get hired, you're never going to be credible, nobody's going to want to do business with you, you're a nobody, you don't have a degree, you're Hispanic, you're a woman, that the rebel inside of me has said, you know what, I am not going to get that college degree, I'm not going to back to university, I'm not going to do all of these different things because I want to show you that I can, because there are so many other people out there talented like me, or if not more talented, that deserve that way. And I want to show them, let's pave the way together. And it's not about that, just the one way. It's just not. And we we are in, in you know, Again, I mentioned it's, it's about honoring your ancestors and your roots. And I know that back many years ago in the 80s, 70s, 60s, we would not have these opportunities to say. And I know I hear a lot of people say, oh, these millennials, they feel so entitled. But I think there's so much of a communication barrier where we feel frustrated for our you know, people who are who've come from so much struggle, right? Instead of saying, we honor you and we're so thankful for the courage and the things that you guys have gone through for us to be where we are today. But let's show you that even if you're 50 or 60 or 70, you no longer have to take this one way. It's because of them that we are here today, that we could say no, that we can say, you know, we want to get paid more, that we want respect, that we're not going to do bullying. We're not going to accept sexual harassment or abuse within relationships and so many other aspects of it, right? It's just the way, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? We're not taught that. But coming round full circle um, about my education and dropping out, <laughs> that pretty much is, is how it works for me. It's deeper than that. It's not just saying, well, I'm not, I'm just not going to go back because I don't care. There, there's just so much more to that. And um, I will most definitely continue my education um, for the rest of my life. So good. I'm like so inspired. This was so fabulous. Thank you for coming on today. This has been so much fun. Thank and you so much. Of course, can you share with everybody again how they can follow you on social media and get tickets again to your awesome event on the 30th? Yes. Um, if you want to po follow my personal journey, which is a lot, there's so much adventure. There's so much to see, 
so many people to meet. Um, it's vanessafarino.com. And my Instagram is at vanessafarino.com. <laughs> and if you want to know about the other ventures, um, such as a creative woman and how to nominate an RSVP, um, I'm very grateful in advance for your time. If you're going to nominate someone or if you're going to nominate yourself or buy a ticket, and you can find that information at creativehumanofficial.com. Don't miss out, everybody. It's virtual. You all have no excuse unless you're like traveling. Yeah. I want to see everybody from all over the country there. I know. It'd be so awesome. Well, Vanessa, you're amazing. Thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you everyone for tuning in to Becoming Next on Scene. And stay tuned for who's next on Scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.